Gracious Lord, we praise your name for your bishop and martyr, Ignatius of Antioch. In every age, you have sent men and women who have given their lives for the message of your love. Inspire us with the memory of those martyrs for the gospel whose faithfulness led them in the way of the cross. Grant us courage, we pray, to bear full witness with our lives to your son's victory over sin and death. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please. First reading today is from the book of Romans, chapter 8. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all things, all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The second reading 
is from the book of John, chapter 12. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls, from the, falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will be my servant also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. Here ends the reading, the word of God for the people of God. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, dear friends. Well, welcome indeed to our visitors who are joining us at CLU in this uh, incredible weekend. Uh, one of the things I say to my students, I said, there is a lot of dark suits rocking around campus today, right? Between the convocators and the Board of Regents and of course our parents, but uh, welcome to you all. Uh, Professor Morton and to the CLU Choir, thank you. Beautiful that you contribute to this time of worship and celebration. So when I reflect upon this text today, of course it's in the context of this day. Uh, today is the festival in the Lutheran tradition, the Catholic tradition, the feast of Ignatius, Bishop of uh, Antioch, and it celebrates his martyrdom. And when I think about martyrdom, I get very uncomfortable because it is not something to which I aspire. <laughs> now, the point is, that makes me very, very different than Ignatius. And I don't think it was for uh, psychological reasons that he aspired to martyrdom. Let me share with you a quote um, uh, from his writings as he was going from uh, Antioch to Rome uh, for his martyrdom. It was written actually to Christians in Rome who were in seats of power and who had the ability and the capacity to thwart the efforts uh, for those who would martyr him. And here's what he wrote. He said, I prefer death in Christ Jesus to power over the farthest limits of the earth. Do not stand in the way of my birth to real life. That just intimidates me. It intimidates me because this text from the Gospel of John and this Christian witness don't ask me what is the life worth living. What they ask me is what is the life worth dying? That is a very different question, and that is a very challenging question. Because Jesus says, quite clearly, right, those who love their life lose it. And those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. So Jesus is reminding us, as does Ignatius, that the lot and the fate, shall we say, of a follower of Jesus is indeed Jesus' life. And 
death? Really, what, what does it mean for us today to, rethi- to think and reflect upon this idea is not so much what am I living for, but what am I willing to die for? What in the end is of such value to me and my understanding that I am willing to give up that which I think arguably is the most precious possession we might possess, which is our life. What on earth could that be? It throws me back to actually another text as I reflect upon this. It's from Martin Marty. And it's his little book called The Hidden Discipline. Uh, Commentary on the Christian Life of Forgiveness in Light of Luther's Large Catechism. And I was uh, a very young pastor uh, when I read this book in my first parish. And he's, he's speaking in terms of the Large Catechism, but, but listen to his words as he reflects upon those who hear the word. So it's on the first commandments, and what Luther writes is, you shall have no other gods, that is, you shall regard me alone as your God. What does this mean, and how is it to be understood? What is it to have a God? What is God? Then Luther writes, a God is that to which we look for all good and in which we find refuge in every time of need. And then Marty writes, remember this is from 1962. The man of faith hears this first word of law from God and blithely exempts himself. Now when I read that first line, I had to look up blithely. I had never encountered blithely. Surely the question of belief and unbelief, of belief and disbelief, is not addressed to him. He is comfortably nestled in his cushioned pew. He is listening to a minister on closed-circuit television. Whatever else he is thinking, he is certain that the issues of the first word are not addressed to him. He has paid well for the security of being exempt. He has signed the church roll, helped pay for the building, supported its causes and programs. He enjoys hearing the minister denounce remote puppets of state and nearby household gods. He is wearing earmuffs, even if no one can see them. Yet there is an acoustical disturbance. Somehow the word is coming through and it begins to reach him He is being commanded to see everything else that he trusts displaced. Only God remains. What is the context in which I hear this word of Scripture this day? Do I have earmuffs over my ear? Am I comfortable in the life that I think is worth living? That maybe I have confused that life with the life to which Jesus has called me. Am I that anonymous Christian? Have I blithely exempted myself from this text because I can raise my hand, not because my name is on the church roll that it is or that I have supported its program that I have, not that I enjoy hearing the the denouncements of my enemies that I do, but rather because I am smug 
in my life, the life I have chosen for myself. This word is certainly for me a disturbing word because it calls me away from my own efforts at securing my own comfort and draws me to the one for whom death is not just an ideal, but the reality. Was Bonhoeffer just being prophetic when he wrote in Cost of Discipleship, when God calls, he wrote man, but when God calls a man, a woman, when God calls us, he calls him forth to die. Well, for Ignatius, that was not a bad thing. What faith does it require to really see that the life to which God has called us in Christ, the life to which we have been baptized into, that that life goes through death, and as Ignatius says, to find real life. Now, in all honesty, I will admit, I will not leave here this morning aspiring to martyrdom. I will not. But what I will do is reflect even more deeply upon the life that I leave, live and the life that I live in Christ. And what does that mean for the engagement that I have in the world? Not just at CLU, but even outside the world. And what my deepest prayer is, should that time come, that I may too, like the martyrs who have gone before us, have to make a choice between this life or the life to which Christ has called me and that which is realized when we meet him face to face in death, that I may have the faith, that I may have the courage, that I may have the serenity to understand that maybe this is what I have been living for for my whole life. One of the beautiful things about being at CLU is that we can ask these kind of questions, not just in chapel, but throughout the community. We can ask the question, what is the life worth living? We can ask the question, what is the life worth dying? And today we have a witness, a life of testimony that gives us one glimpse into our possible answer. Amen.
Let us pray. God, our creator, you have given us work to do and call us to use our greater talents for the good of all. Guide us as we work and teach us to live in the spirit who made us your sons and daughters and in the love that made us sisters and brothers. Amen. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace so that you may abundant in hope by the power of God. Amen. May the God of all grace bless you now and forever. Amen.